This week, goodbye buddy, hello Murphy, people sing about Alexa Bliss, and The Rock's daughter Pebble makes her Performance Center debut. Welcome to the Full Nelson Press. Hello everyone and welcome to the Full Nelson Press. My name is Brandon Kirkpatrick. I'm here with my co-host Peter O'Brien. You can find him on Twitter at MVP360. You can find myself on Twitter at Johnny J-O-N-N-Y underscore Tango. And of course you can follow the Full Nelson Press on Twitter at TFMP. Pete, how you been, buddy? Oh, you know, just watching wrestling, getting caught up with all this stuff. It's WrestleMania season. So it is WrestleMania I, season. I've had, to go, I've had to watch a lot of stuff. So, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. How about you? Uh, same, same. It's it's actually been generally an enjoyable road to WrestleMania. I think we're going to get some really fun matches. Royal Rumble was last time we talked, but yes. now it's NXT's turn. We have uh, NXT Portland, but we'll get to that. We have the news roundup brought to you by WrestlePages.com. Check out the WrestlePages app on the App Store or Google Play. Uh, first thing, let's just get it out of the way. Uh, Bowling for Soup came out with a song for Alexa Bliss. Yeah. What is this? Also, why is Bowling for Soup relevant again? Like I know. I, I had to go back and try to find some of their songs. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember. I just didn't listen to them the mm-hmm. first time around. Alexa Bliss is in the music video. Kind of made it a little better for me, but why? What what is this? Yeah, because if she wasn't in the music video, it's it's really creepy. Like it's got like a weird science right? kind of vibe to it, but not in a good way. It's not yeah. good. It's not a good music video. It was an awkward thing to watch, but you know what? Alexa Bliss digs it. They're doing good. Good for them. Smart little, you know, double marketing ploy there. I guess so. Yeah, because, I mean, uh, if you type in uh, Bowling for Soup, it's the number one search on YouTube. It's right there. That's how I found it. I typed in Alexa, and then all of a sudden, Alexa Bliss, Bowling for Soup. I'm like, oh, my. It's like one of the top searches. It's wild. Just follow her Instagram if you want to look at Alexa Bliss, because let me tell you, nice. She is a fine lady. Yeah, she is. Uh, speak, I guess kind of speaking of Alexa Bliss, Buddy Murphy, her ex, uh, is is now just Murphy. No more buddy. Just don't go to the main roster with two names. You're screwed. Exactly. Like, it's over. I saw a really good one where they said Alistair Black was going to come up, and they're just going to change him to Al. They could do that, or Alice. I don't know why you give them two names, but then when they get to the main roster, you cut them out. Let's say, like, Antonio Cesaro. Okay, that one didn't roll off. Cesaro (laughs) works better. What are you going to call, like, Cassius Ono? Oh. Like, Cassius? Oh, no. Here comes Ono. The buffet. The buffet. The buffet. <laughs> like, they, oh, don't even get me started with Cassius Ono. That guy, what a tool. I think that it's it's a marketing tool that they need to use because, like, they do the cricket wireless with all the WWE wrestlers. I think CC's Pizza should cash in on this Cassius Ono. Why not? He'll be like, as you can see, I'm trying to cultivate mass, and I couldn't do it without CC's Pizza, the $5 buffet. And let me tell you, this cheese pizza tastes like cardboard. Nothing but the best for Cassius Ono's <laughs> belly. Shows a family eating it. And then it just goes, oh no, 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 o
And it just shows him just hauling ass to the bathroom. You know, we should be WWE's marketers because we could have got Braun Strowman brownie paper towels. It would have made perfect sense. Well, it took him like eight years for the uh the, to bring back the ice cream finally. Yeah, about time. Uh, we have some Raw debuts. Graza or Garza and Angel Garza. I can't even say his name. Angel Garza? Angel Garza. Okay. I like him, but... You put him in the spot where the suspended guy is, and it's almost like he just shrunk. And they were like, ah, they won't notice. It's like when they replace Diesel with fake Diesel. Yeah. But it's like everyone knows what's going on. When he comes back, are they going to form a tag team? Like, what is that? You know? We're recording this before Raw, so we're, we have no idea what's going to happen. We don't know happen. what's going to happen at Raw. It's it's awkward, but I like, it. I like Angel Garza, soon to be known as Angel or Garza. So he's feuding with Humberto, which is his real life cousin. So like, I am flat out over Humberto. I'll say it right now. He's plain. He comes out in that Power Ranger knockoff suit cape. There's nothing there. I, I don't see a personality there. And did you see that thing where Undertaker was like talking to up and coming wrestlers? And he's like, you know what the big problem with the wrestling is? Is that you guys do your flips and kicks all the time, but you don't create a story. It's like some of the smartest advice anyone could give out. Even though I don't even like Undertaker, whatever. He's old news. But... That news right there, though, he made a character, and it made worth watching him. Humberto has nothing. There's nothing there. But yet, he gets matches, and Cesaro doesn't. Do you think the best idea, then, would be to put Humberto, Andrade, and Garza all with Vega? You could, but then everyone's going to be like, weird. All the Lucha Dome <laughs> guys are together. And then Lucha House Party's just like, yo, we called dibs on... Being a lucha group, so right. Also, Alistair Black's like, uh, do we have to talk about something? Is there something going on? Oh I need to know God. about. What is this? What is this? You have a type. I don't match that. <laughs> yeah, like Umberto doesn't have anything. Garza's got a personality. He's got charisma. I think he'll be fun to watch. I think so too. He's got the flips and the uh, the personality. He has like yeah, like that Alberto Del Rio when he was like rich and coming out. Like that was the best Alberto, and I see that in Garza. Right, Andrade I think does pretty good because he doesn't do pretty much. He doesn't do very well on the mic. He has Vega for that, but I think he does a lot of actions. He does a lot of mm-hmm. ma- like attacks and, and things. Things like that. And I think if you're able to be more charismatic with that, because he does have a lot of like expressions on his face, there's a market for that. But yeah, I don't I don't see it at all with Humberto. Yeah, so we will see, but Umberto, dude, he could not he he shows up at a raw event and I'm like, who is this guy? And then <laughs> I forgot he about it. Gets him. like halfway down the ramp. I'm like, oh, it's Umberto. I thought it was Humberger for like the first month. Plain Jane, get out of here. Uh, Ruby Riot has returned back uh, to action. She had multiple so- shoulder injuries. Good for her. Uh, she looks like she'll be feuding with Liv. Uh, I like Ruby. Uh, I-, I hope she gets a big push. I, I was a fan of Ruby Riot too. Um, she's one of those NXT people that kind of like she had her stable, but still she hasn't hit her peak on the main roster. Right. Not sure if the Liv Morgan feud is the way to go because Lana, I don't even know. I think they wrote themselves in a corner with that. Like I think Absolutely. they're, they're kind of lost right now, but hopefully this can benefit for both of them because I was the one that said neither one of them should have been called up, should have stayed down a little longer. They would have been fine down there. But now the NXT women's roster is piling up. So you really don't have anywhere for them to go except the main roster. So hopefully this gets them both on track. 
Right. The, the one person I think that is really drowning right now is Sarah Logan. I would be okay with her going back to NXT. Had no idea she was still on the main roster. Yeah, she's, it's, she's doing this feud with Charlotte where yeah. every week on SmackDown she lost to Charlotte. She's like, I'll just, I'll get him next time. I'm really good. And Charlotte just goes, yeah, okay, Samantha. It's Sarah. <laughs> yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> uh, going back to Lana, though. Uh, Lana has announced that she has signed a multi-million dollar, multi-year contract with the WWE. However, Rusev has not. Looks like he has been kept off television because there is a contract dispute. And it looks like he might be uh, heading out, which would be wild if... Rusev leaves and Lana just stays and they just never resolve the storyline between Rusev and Lana? No, I think everyone would be fine with it. I think everyone is so over the storyline except for like four or five people that I I think if he just left and he popped up on AEW, oh my god, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. I would love it. Um, I think uh, Rusev could easily be the modern day Rick Rude if they just lit him. I think he could too, but they won't. For some reason, the writers just don't think Rusev has the power to be a main star, even though Rusev Day went over. Even when he was the United States champion with Lana, it was over. They just, I, I don't know why they just keep throwing him backwards. Then. Right. Let's promote someone else again. Back of the line. Yeah. He got hosed. Rusev, go to AEW, please. Uh, last thing on the news, though. Uh, Simone Johnson, daughter of The Rock, has begun training at the WWE Performance Center. This will be the first ever fourth generation wrestler to perform in the WWE. Uh, if she's anything like her dad, I'm sure she's talented. Do I see this as something that she wants to do long term? Probably not. No, I mean, The Rock will be in her corner to make sure she's set up right. But that's that's a big shoes to fill. You're not just coming in after like, it's not like Lance Storm's kid. <laughs> it's like, do you think they brought her in? We're like, OK, so listen, we got you training in February by like, we're thinking August will have you beat Natalia. That very much well could be. She could be good. I I don't know. It, it let her train for a while, but like I said, the shoe she's filling, it's like Charlotte Flair. It took her. She actually handled it perfectly. I think like she filled some shoes after her dad. I, I also think this might just be a way of you know the Rock just being like, listen, this is a way to just get your name in the door for whatever you want to do next. I I'm hopeful. I I I think it's going to be. It's exciting. Yeah, um, for sure. We'll have to see what happens absolutely let's jump right into nxt portland 2020 the first match of the night which i think was the match of the night this was the north american championship match keith lee defended his title against dominic dijakovic what a good match what an awesome match it was good you're not gonna get awesome out of me really i like keith lee and i like dominic i thought there's some great spots in there uh but yeah like it was a good match like i i guess here's my thing And I might catch some heat for this. Probably. Every NXT pay-per-view, we always say it's the best. Which goes to tell you how well every NXT pay-per-view has been. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. they're good. And everyone's like, they're so great. That was awesome. That was awesome. That was the best. That was the best. No, that was the best. It was good. Okay? Like, I know other ones that were better. Keith Lee and... I want to see Keith Lee take on someone not his size. Like, and the same with Dominic. Like... It was cool watching them, but then there were spots where you're like, ah, they just missed it. That'd be easier if it was someone smaller. But overall, it was good. Keith Lee's a star. He's going to be a star. Dominic is getting there. I think he needs to dress up like, uh, who's the Street Fighter character? <laughs> Zangief? Not Zangief. The, um, is it Saget? 
Oh yeah, the guy with the eye patch. Yeah, he has the he holds his wrists up with the wrist tape and the wrist yeah. ankles. Yep, he should just yep. dress up like that guy. <laughs> and he'd be awesome. I like this match because uh, there was some really like he did that like, that over the shoulder suplex to him. There were some crazy spots. Yeah. In this match that I think was impressive for the size that they are. That um, is and true. I, I would say this is the match of the night because and, and I think uh Mafia from Botchamania made tweeted something that kind of got some steam today, which was he was talking about how like the first two hours is amazing, but then that last hour, it's just a hundred pinfalls and a hundred kickouts. And it it really just felt overdone towards the end of the night. This didn't feel like um a takeover this is their first solo weekend where it wasn't like Saturday night and then it was into opening for a pay-per-view the following night. This was solely NXT on a Sunday night and I felt like it could have been bigger. Like the names that were on there were all like staples in NXT for the last couple of years, but the card itself, or, it's, the whole show just didn't have that big pay-per-view feel to me that all the other old takeovers have done. Well, they're usually on Saturdays. It was kind of weird on a Sunday, too, because you had the NBA All-Star game that they were going against, which I was, like, really surprised about. But, you know, you're right. We'll get into the later on stuff. Right, right. Uh, One highlight for the match, though, is that uh, Keith Lee does this double slap to Dijakovic's chest. Yep. And all of his perspiration hits Beth Phoenix in the face. Yep. (laughs) Saw it. It was awesome. (laughs) It was so good. Yeah, for their size, the spots they did were great. But yeah, it was a good match. I'm not putting great on it. Cool your jets. Other than a couple other matches, like this is this was peak for me uh, for the night. Next is the uh, Tegan Knox versus Dakota Kai in the street fight match. This match, I, it, I thought it was either going to go big or it was going to flop. And it kind of just stayed in the middle. Like yeah. There were some entertaining parts. Nothing too big. There was a cricket bat at one point. That was kind of interesting. Uh, Halfway through the match, I forgot who was who. <laughs> Does that make me a bad fan? I don't know. But like, I'm Probably. sitting there like, is that Tegan? Is that Dakota? Who's the bad one? I don't know. Whatever. The table not breaking at the end. I loved it. I thought that was that cool. Was like, I thought that was a good way to go. That I was like, oh, <laughs> but using a laptop was neat. That was that was something different. Uh, taping her to the ringside. That was good. Like, yep. yeah, you're right. It just kind of stayed in the middle. Mm-hmm. I didn't go like, wow, that match. I need to rewatch. It almost leaned more comical to me towards the mm-hmm. end. Uh, instead of it being like an actual brutal fight, yeah. Uh, and then we get some lady, uh, some some lady named Gonzalez comes out. She we haven't seen her since last year in like the May Young Classic or something like that. I don't know who she is, and this doesn't impact me at all. I don't nope. care. Next is Johnny Gargano versus Finn Balor. Uh, I thought this was a good match. It was extremely technical. It moved slow. It moved very slow compared to other matches. And you're so used to the NXT fast pace, and I think that's why they did it. I didn't hate it. I thought it was good. I'm a huge Balor fan. I really like that he reinvented himself. I like this attitude that he has now. He's the prince. But Johnny Gargano, like, I don't think this was his most crisp match. He botched a couple spots. I was like, if Gargano wins this, that's going to be terrible for Balor. So I already was feeling Balor's winning it. Balor's winning. That's what I thought, too. But him winning was good. Gargano losing still keeps him up there. There were some great spots. It was fa- it, When they started getting going, that's where the pace picked up. But the beginning kind of slogged out with the holds and everything. And it's just like, 
come on, guys. We're in a new era. You can go a little quicker. We don't need 20 right. headlocks. Maybe, like, five. It almost felt like Gargano got flustered at some point. Yeah. Because, like, like, he got one botch spot, which is no big deal. But then I think, like, it just, something mentally just hung on because he was just he was just off a beat for most of the, of the second half of that match. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, next is the NXT Women's Championship match, which we talked about it last week, how they dropped the women's title, and they just brought it right back like it was nothing. So there's no point to that. Rhea Ripley versus Bianca Belair. Uh, also, whoever wins this match is pretty much taking on Charlotte at Mania. Uh, I loved this match. I thought this was the match of the night. Bianca Belair is a star. I've been saying that before the Rumble. She solidified herself at the Rumble. She is a beast. She's got the personality. She's got the charisma. And she's really good. She's good in the ring. Like, I, I think she was great. So I thought it was awesome. They had an interview with her. They, they're talking about her backstage, and she was talking about, like, doing moonsaults just after a couple weeks of being in wrestling training like it was no big deal. Yeah. She is – she's stacked. Like, yeah. she, I think she might be one of the most impressive women on the roster. Easily. And watching Rhea Ripley, that was, like, the first time I've watched her. It's been a while since I've watched her on TV, really. I'm impressed. She's good. And she's only 23. So don't page it. Don't put too much <laughs> on this girl's shoulders. And then we do don't that. Don't make a movie out of her. 23 to 26 life pressure thing. Because that's, let's be real, <laughs> that's what happened. Just, right. ah, just let her get into it. It's fine. She's great. Just, it's good. I was telling my wife last night that these two women, I think, are the future of the women's roster. The, yeah, that's these fair. two will be at the helm. That's fair. Um, Charlotte coming out and jumping her. Awesome. awesome. The fact that Charlotte's fighting her at Mania. Awesome. Because if it was going to be Charlotte and Becky Lynch, I would be like, why? No one wants to see that. Everyone wants to see Becky versus Shayna. Everyone right. wants to see Charlotte versus Rhea. It's wild to me that we had this whole thing with Survivor Series that really tried to solidify all three brands as equal. But I think Charlotte showing up at a takeover pay-per-view to me was like the defining moment to show that NXT is in the same caliber to, to the WWE it's thought as SmackDown and Raw. Like this really solidified it for me. I'm excited for this. Good. You should be excited. It's going to be Ripley Riot versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. I'm excited for that. I would be all right if they did some kind of tomfoolery and just added Bianca Belair just for the fuck of it. I'd be okay. You with could. It. That way you keep everyone kind of good. You know, like you don't have Charlotte beating Rhea burying her. You could say the same, like, why is Rhea beating Charlotte Flair, the best women's wrestler in the world? You could throw in that third wrinkle in there, and Bianca Belair could weasel, like, just sneak in and grab the belt and run off, and both Rhea and Charlotte are just kind of, like, sitting there like, what just happened? I really want Charlotte to win. I don't think Rhea should be winning a one-on-one -on -one match with uh, Charlotte yet, and I'd love to see Charlotte just become, like, the undefeated dominance in NXT's women division. That would be hilarious. That would be a lot of fun. Do something different, because I think all four horsewomen have just, because they did so much with them at the beginning, they've hit this peak where you just don't know where else to go with them. Becky Lynch hit her peak when she came out saying she was dating Seth Rollins. That girl is awful. I can't even have her on my TV. She is horrible. Oh, I disagree with that. Well, you can because I'm the right one, but Jesus, she is just terrible. I'm sorry, not to bury your... I, I believe you have a great opinion, Brandon. Not. You don't. She's awful. She can't, <laughs> She is just in the worst space in wrestling. And literally, I turn her on and I'm like, I can't have her on my screen. Like, I just really hate her right now. And it isn't even like I hate to enjoy her being a heel hate. It's 
I just don't want you anywhere near my TV at all. And you're making me not watch wrestling right now. People were chanting for Becky way before the man gimmick. The man gimmick is just WWE realizing that people were behind Becky Lynch. And so from this point forward, it's all heavily controlled by the WWE. What we liked about Becky Lynch is gone. We will never get that back again. It's going to be the man from this point forward. And it's all going to be heavily written by the WWE and created and produced by them. Yep. Where at least Charlotte can still float around and be herself and... This Rhea Ripley-Charlotte match, I think, could be really, really good. So, bravo, WWE. I'll give you props on that. Absolutely. Uh, Next match, NXT tag team match. It is going to be the Undisputed Era versus the Broserweights. Uh, This was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, The beginning was fun, where they came out in, like, a Humvee or something like that and just made fun of them for 10 minutes, and then we had the actual match. I could watch Riddle and Kyle O'Reilly wrestle forever. That was a lot of fun. You think? I mean, Riddle's good. Riddle needs to work on his talk, though. When he was doing that beginning thing, I'm like, oh. Like, I know you're like a bro, dude, but can you talk better, bro? Like, can you say (laughs) the things better, bro? Like, it it didn't come off natural, but Riddle's really good in the ring. Uh, Pete Dune is great. Uh, Their finisher is good. The fact that Undisputed Era lost their, like, belts, like... You know, what's going on? What's happening with the Undisputed Era right now? I thought that them losing their title belt meant that Cole was going to be losing his, too, because, I mean, I I don't know where they go with... uh, I have an idea. Do they get a rematch? What's that? We'll save it for the end, though. Okay, all right. Ooh, ooh, I'm excited. Well, let's just, I mean, let's just get right into the end, then. It was Adam Cole versus Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, another good match, but again, it was a hundred pinfalls. It was a hundred kickouts. It, yep. It just there could have been so many different finishes. Even to when Undisputed came out, and there was tomfoolery twice with the Undisputed Era, and then yep. Gargano comes out ringside, and then there's the shenanigans there with him hitting him with the belt. Uh, we're gonna get Gargano and Tommaso again, but this time the difference is it's gonna be on uh, USA programming. So. Even though this is a third time for wrestling fans, for Cable Network, this is the first time we're seeing this feud. So, here's my, here's my like analysis with Adam Cole. Superstar, but does need a stable. Because if you put Adam Cole, and this is just me, like, I like Adam Cole, I really do. But if you put him next to Zack Ryder, he's the size of his leg. Like, Adam Cole is, like, super, like, tiny. Like, he isn't just small, he's tiny. And... You need a he. You need a group behind him to make him relevant, which is why you get all the kickouts, all the quick moves, because his move set is very limited when he gets with someone. He can put on a show. Don't get me wrong, he can. But then you sit there and look at it, and you had Gargano and Ciampa, so people were really pumped about that. But were they really pumped about Adam Cole? It's kind of like is the undisputed era hitting an area where they need a change? And here's my thing. Okay, Balor has to be the number one seed right now, right? I think he's number one contender right now. He has to be. He goes and takes on Adam Cole. Adam Cole and his lackeys show up, and they're ready to turn on Balor. Balor just takes his fingers, does the guns, points them right at Cole. Undisputed Era turns, takes out Adam Cole. Balor creates a new group, not the club, not the bullet club, nothing like that, but it has the essence of that mentality that's in new japan creates his own group adam cole goes off on his own so he's still relevant he's gonna stay in nxt because there's no way he can go up to the main roster right now but undisputed's got a new leader 
you got a new attitude, you got a new swagger, and you can literally just keep him the Undisputed Era, and then Balor takes his shirt off, and he's like the Undisputed King. Okay. Right? And just takes his group? I dig it. I do. I would rather, instead of that, because I think they're, the staleness that we're getting from the Undisputed Era is because they need to be put on a new show. I think they just got to move him over to a SmackDown for a little bit. But I dig your idea. You can also do that because Balor's got main roster experience, too. So he could just take him up there a week, Take everyone out. Leave. <laughs> Just leaves Cole down in NXT in the dust. Why not? I dig that. Be I'd be all right with that. It'd be freaking awesome. I'd be cool with that, for sure. Yeah. So what would you grade NXT Portland? We were we were pretty critical. This is, I think this is our most critical NXT takeover so. yet. I think it's because everyone, it's the newness. And when a new NXT comes out, everyone's like, that's the best. But they forget about New York. New York 2. Right. Even the original one. Bo Dallas and Neville for the latter, and you had the revival matches with DIY, even with, God, don't forget about the Ascension when they were good. Like, there was matches back there. So, no, I'm not going to say it's the best one. It was really good. I'll give it, like, a B plus because it was. I'll give it a B plus. I'm not going in the A range, but it was good. See, I I think I'm a little bit more critical because I was going to give it a B minus because it was just a safe pay-per-view. There was, I mean, there was some good title changes and, and things like that, and they're setting up some some matches, but there was nothing to talk about with any of the matches, just the drama that ensued from the matches. Yeah, for sure. All right, Pete, who is your dud of the week? It doesn't even have to be on anyone on NXT, right? No, you can do it anyway. My dud of the week left one of the most lukewarm like experiences. It was on SmackDown. I think she's <laughs> just lame. Who's and this? all I have to say, Brandon... Are you ready? Don't do it. I'm I'm right. Feel the glow. She's lame, dude. There's nothing there. Why? What is she? I didn't watch SmackDown, so. She just said, like, she does nothing when she gets on the camera. NXT, (laughs) I can't say there was a dud. There was no duds. They were all, they all put on a great show. I mean, you could say Adam Cole, but I'm sorry. Naomi just is just bleh. You have the most like high octane entrance and you are just lame. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I've never, I, I don't think I could ever say there was a match that I've watched of hers that I've been like, right? she's a star, you know? Yeah. Now they're saying her and Carmella are going to fight for the number one contender for Bailey's title. And I'm just like, womp womp. Nobody wants that, but oh well. How about you? Uh, I'm not even going with NXT either because I think it's it's not even the roster that's an issue. I think there's something with the production or the or something like that. I'm going with Rusev because he's still he's getting the shaft this week. Yeah, or he's getting he's just getting the straight up shaft overall. Like he's just having a horrible time with the WWE. Poor Rusev. All right, I'll go with my stud. I'm gonna go with Alexa Bliss, but I don't feel good about it. I mean, she did get a music <laughs> video for herself. You lame ass. <laughs> Mine, and it's going to be, I think it's back-to-back. I got to go with Bianca again. Like, she was in a spot where you knew she wasn't going to win, but she showed out again. You knew it was going to be Ripley and Flair. She she had to go against those odds and still put on, like, a a convincing match with Rhea Ripley. It was good. During her promo, she says, you don't even go here to Charlotte. So when Charlotte comes out to attack, the whole crowd's just chanting, you don't even go here. You don't go go here. here. It was the best. That's great, you know? (laughs) 
<laughs> she whips her hair back and forth. She whips her hair back and forth. So that's the thing, like with her, with her when she was, kind of, I saw her mostly in the Mae Young Classic where she used her hair, and mm-hmm. I thought that was going to be her big gimmick, and she's just gone beyond that, which is awesome. Yeah, but she still keeps it. Yeah, she's doing great. Well, I guess that's the full Nelson Press episode seventy-seven. It's a wrap. If you enjoyed our witty banter on sports entertainment, leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you found us. It helps out more than you'll ever know. Uh, anything else you want to add, Pete? Nope. All right, we'll go watch some wrestling. Yeah, bet. <laughs>